Hi friends, it's been a minute. Uh, welcome back to That Do It For Ya. It's been almost five, four or five months since I've released an episode and a lot of things have changed uh, in that brief amount of time. Uh, mostly uh, those of you who know me uh, know that I got a new name and am now going by Leo Grierson. This won't be reflected likely until the sixth or maybe fifth episode uh, being released in this new season uh, because I recorded a bunch of episodes with every intention of releasing them and then life got crazy and it really do be like that sometimes. Uh, but uh, this will be reflected in the opening song and in the episode outro, but you will hear guests call me Aurelia. This is fine. I personally don't really ascribe to the idea of dead names. I think that name is definitely still a part of who I am. I'm just going by Leo now because that feels more correct. Um, so yeah, uh, we are also reviving the Patreon and we are actually going to have bonus content. More on that uh, in the near future, but you can find info on that at patreon.com slash thatdoitforyapod. Our socials are still going strong. We're going to have lots of new and exciting content coming out on that and also here on this main feed. Um, thank you all for your patience as I figured my shit out. Um, I'm coming back to this with a lot more joy in my heart for the project and a lot more patience with myself as well. Um, yeah, I think that's everything I have to say. So enjoy this episode with Samuel Camel. This is what wet dreams are made of. Do you want to rub on Simba's tummy? Or think that Spider-Man looks extra yummy? The pain of childhood is super funny. On Did That Do It For Ya? Amazing. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Do It For Ya podcast, the Sexual Awakenings podcast where we talk about the media that made us horny for the first time. I'm here with perhaps one of the funniest people that I know. <gasps> yes, that. that's you. Yes, I can because it's true. Ah, I'll take it. I'll just, take it. I'll take it. Uh, it's Samuel Campbell, ladies, gentlemen, and gentlemen. Aurelia, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, my pleasure, my pleasure. I'm so excited to chat. Me too. Um, oh, I had a funny thought and it just flitted right out of my head. Oh yeah, no, it was... We'll find some more. Someone let, Someone's review of the podcast was that I compliment and flatter my guests too much. Mm, <laughs> I love it. me heaping praise on all my Don't guests. Stop. I would never stop. I only want, I only talk to interesting <laughs> people that I want to mm. talk to. Because you're interesting. Stop! That's too kind. Um, Shmuel Campbell. It takes two. Well, hey, you were, you, you're you're in the podcast world yourself, so hey, so you hey, know. thank you for that little little plug, <laughs> well, little, little plug for at too much TV pod. Well, this is actually fun because this is going to kind of be like a two part series where I'm doing because I just had, uh, yeah, Rollins, Rollins on, on. exactly because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, what a great way for us in the uh, podcasting community to really just like lift each other up and showcase each other because I got to tell you too much TV is easily one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, thank you so much. And I love your podcast. <laughs> you. All of them. Thanks. <laughs> the other day I was uh, taking a walk around my neighborhood and I was listening to the SNL episode of too much TV <laughs> And I was, you know, walking around, and my neighborhood is like a lot of uh, a, a lot of people who are of a certain age. 
and they were out it was a nice day so they're out in their gardens and whatnot and out in the yard out in the yard and then y'all started doing the sweaty balls sketch oh sweaty balls (laughs) and i started laughing really bad really hard and i was like towards the end of my walk and i had to pee so i was like walking like a little (laughs) bit like a duck so i didn't have to hold it tight yeah i had to kind of hold it tight as i waddled through the the neighborhood and i started like kind of howling laughing you know like a that is the best kind of phrase it was awesome and then all of the fucking boomers were like are you okay <laughs> i looked not good i was like peeing myself and they were like oh but no you were having poor fun. child is having a stroke <laughs> i was like no no oh, no that was a fun one that was great i love it i love it and uh i mean i just love i love when when our friends are like you know what i have something to say yeah, and I love that done. so many of our friends have decided that they have our voices are worthwhile and we have the skills uh, to put them on the internet. Well, we'll talk about that. You and I can off- <laughs> you and I can offline about that. Um, <laughs> Sam, where are where in the world are you? I am in Ashland. <gasps> I'm in Oregon. We are both in Ashland. Oh boy, trapped in the valley. Oh, it's not good. We're like the smoke in summertime. Mm-hmm. Can't get out. I'm trying. I'm trying. Walking the sun. <laughs> Me too. Me too, man. <laughs> I recently, we'll do it eventually. I recently got a second job so that I can actually start like saving up to like mm, make that uh, money. Well, so wait, you're here in Ashland. Mm-hmm. Uh, you work a job. I do. Where do you work? I work at a hotel. I work the front desk of a hotel (gasps) at the Stratford Inn. Uh, But I have opinions about it. (laughs) I mean, I feel like if you don't have opinions about your work, then you're not truly Mm anti-capitalist. Yep. Anti-capitalist. But hey, got to make that money. You got. Well, I just feel like you can't. You can't like choosing to opt out of capitalism is a lot of work. Mm hmm. Yeah. A lot of work. Gotta pay rent. And like, I also like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not equipped to like, I'm not even equipped to like do my own dishes regularly. I don't think that I'm like, (laughs) it takes a lot of work for me to do normal ass things. I can't even survive like within capitalism. What makes me think that I'll be able to survive outside of it? Yeah, then I'd have to like, what, live in a forest or something? (laughs) How would I get food? How would I wipe my ass? I will say though, I am like super interested in um someday uh shooting an animal and or like with a bow or maybe something i'm Mm, interested mm -hmm. in the idea of like killing an animal that i then eat yeah and like really really yes yes yes. yeah 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 i want to like i want to like i would like to someday be able to be like okay i didn't just buy this meat in a shiny Mm -hmm. package from the grocery store i raised this chicken i killed this chicken and yep. i plucked it lived its little... life yeah on my property mm-hmm. i fed it yeah and now it's reached its time and it's time for me to eat it i yeah. really ha- self-sustaining i'm really interested in killing my own meat <laughs> yeah i i have so many opinions on hunting yeah and, uh, white people with guns in the forest go go on uh, share but one here indigenous hunting practices Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. are beautiful Mm -hmm. and so practical for uh the regions especially that we live in oh yes and you can do it safely and in a way that doesn't interfere with the environment and then you can honor an animal by using all of it instead of of just cutting off its head mounting it on your fucking wall 
maybe cutting a few steaks. Um, I mean, fun fact from uh, producer Eleanor Hobson's father, Matt Hobson. Mm. Shout uh, out to Matt Hobson. Shout out to Matt Hobson, uh, man of the forest for many years. Um, Respect. Yeah, I know. (laughs) He shared a very um, important fact that I have thought about every single day since he uh, shared this fact. But so you know how uh, the deers in Ashland are like really gross and stupid? Mangy and gross and dumb. Yeah. So what happened was when the first like family of deer came down into town and they were like, oh shit, like I don't have any predators who are trying to eat me and I have all this grass and they were like we're thriving and then but because they didn't have any other deers to have sex with they just had sex with each other and so then all all the deers in ashland are inbred and that's why they're Uh, like that i i live next to a park oh uh, a morbid park a cemetery um i don't want to say which one because i don't want freaks to come to my house (laughs) but i uh I have a window that looks out on a cemetery and I get to look at some very fun things. And every morning I watch the same, I I affectionately call her meth lady. We're friends. (laughs) We have spoken on many occasions from a safe distance while I've been masked. I used hand sanitizer afterward, but she's very kind. She's very kind and she's addicted to meth and she kind of lives in the graveyard next to my house. So every morning I watch her, Go to the store, bring back a loaf of bread, tear it up, and throw it all over the park. And there are deer everywhere. They're everywhere. They're in my yard. They jump over my fence. They're freaks. They're like hounds for food. And they adore Meth Lady. She is like the master of this giant herd of inbred deer. She has a spiritual connection to the inbred deer. She loves deer. them. Oh my god. Does she also have like a flock of like ravens and crows around her? If she's like Oh, there are so many drop crows. Bread? Yeah. I... Crows, squirrels, so much nature. Like... I respect this lady. She's forming an army. Mhm. And she's taught me a lot about our community. <laughs> a lot. Like some lessons that I would never learn from Southern Oregon University. Oh my God. What what do you learn from Southern Oregon University? (laughs) Tell us. Tell us. (laughs) How to act. I don't know if I, I don't know if I learned how to do that there. Let's let, well, let's offline about that. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We've, we've gossiped enough about that over the years, (laughs) I feel, but we, we always have more. There's Uh, always more to say. Meth lady. So there's a man around town who is very sweet who is homeless. Uh, I should also say, I live next to a homeless shelter. I interact uh, with the transient and homeless community in Ashland a lot, and I've befriended so many of them. I'm really trying to figure out where you live. If you live across the street from... Don't figure out. Eric, Eric, don't let them figure out where I live uh, on the record, but I live right next to... Okay, 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 okay. Well, Eric will actually know this because as he is editing this pod, he used to live in an apartment, I think, in the same complex that you are in. And his apartment was like, yeah, his apartment was like hella haunted. Oh, yeah. Because he was right next to the dead bebés. Oh, yeah. I'm next to so many dead bebés and I love it here. Is your apartment haunted? (laughs) 
Um, I haven't seen any ghosts. I have like a lot of photos of like old dead men around my house and room. So I feel like I'm pretty at peace with like past generations of dead people. Mm. I associate mm. with dead people. Like huh. I feel them. You know this what I'm is, saying? This is listen, this is the death is that too morbid? Podcast. No, 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 no. I think Americans should be more death positive. I think I we're agree. very anti-death and afraid of death. And uh, it makes us all anxious and whack. Yeah, I would say, like, as a Jewish, um, mm. I yes. think... You have some perspective. That... I have some on perspective. On generational trauma. On generational and trauma death. As a, and death. Also, as someone who lost a parent at, like, a relatively mm-hmm. young age, I just feel like there isn't... There isn't enough, like, mourning... There aren't enough mourning traditions in... Mm-mm in white American They're all taboo. It's very taboo to to grieve. Like, you have... Do it in private. You have, like, funerals, but even, like, what are those? It's not like a Jewish funeral where it's, It's like, It's a few hours of virtue signaling to your family. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like... So, there was a movie that I really wanted to be good, but it turned out to only be okay, Mm -hmm. Um, which is American Pickle, which is a Mm. Seth Rogen joint. Yeah. Um, I recommend the first half of that movie so much, and then it turns into a Seth Rogen movie, and I'm like, I don't... You, yeah. you were so close. You were it so can only close. be funny for so long. Well, it was like you were making points and then you were like, well, I have to be Seth Rogen about it. And I'm like, I wish that you would not mm. do that. And it's not that like I think Seth Rogen is not funny, but I was just like, oh, you're like really connecting with like your Jewish roots. Yeah. Anyway, so the point is like he is a um, in, in this movie. He is a guy. He's his grandpa and himself, he, right? He's his like great grandpa and himself and his preserved like, great, in a pickle juice jar. Preserved in a pickle vat, like from the shtetl. <laughs> and he like comes back and he like is he just doesn't know what's what. And he the biggest kind of thing for him is he's like, I need to go see my wife's grave and mm. we're going to go to my wife's grave and we're going to pray. Ooh. And like a point that's that he, beautiful. And like a point. Oh, actually, there's like really surprising moments in this movie that I were like, "Ooh, Chef's Kiss," um, mm. because if I'm not mistaken, yeah. is this a HBO Max original? Yeah, mm, I don't. Okay. I don't recommend it. Like, here's the thing. It's like I think you should watch up until he decides he's gonna like make his own pickles and like screw his grandson's and then life just like up. turn it off. Yeah. Um, and then, like, maybe skip to the end when Seth Rogen goes back to the shtetl because then it gets nice again. Um, mm. But, yeah, so it's, like, basically he makes this point where he's, like, you – because Seth Rogen's parents are dead. Spoiler. And he's, like, you never talk about your parents. You don't seem to, like, pray for them. Like, you don't – You've lost like, connection to exactly. them. Exactly. You're not connected uh-huh. with, like, your dead parents. You're not, like, grieving your ancestors. Why aren't you grieving your ancestors? Why are you not praying, you stupid fuck? And it's just you're disconnected like... from what gave you life. And then the movie gets good again when he's at, when when Seth Rogen, uh, modern day Seth Rogen, is back in the shtetl and he has to say a kaddish for someone because they need a, they need another member to make a minion. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is the movie that was really good. But anyway, I got off track because I was thinking about this damn Seth Rogen movie. Well, but on yes. this this topic of. I mean, not so hard on the death because of what the movie oh, no, is actually not... about. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I need I need to ask. We need to talk about how we met. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> Sorry, okay, that's okay. That's the part that we can't skip. <laughs> oh, I was going to I was gonna ask if you've seen Shiva Baby. Oh, not yet. Oh, my God. Okay, I'd be I very really, interested really to hear your to. opinions on that. Have you uh, seen because... Shiva Baby? 
I have. And I really, I really, really, really want to watch it. Amazing, a comedy thriller, mm. uh, something really new and really fresh. Uh, I, it was so tense, so fun yes, to watch. Yes, yes, I'd yes, love yes, to yes, hear yes. your opinions. I'm sure I have them. Um, I I saw the trailer and I like lost my mind. I was like, this mm. is, I am so, so very excited for this. And I just, I have not watched it because I've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a theater company. I don't know if you know about that. Um, really? Oh, yeah. Wow, I'd love to work with them someday. Oh, maybe someday we will. Um, no, maybe. but I had my fringe. Hi. Are you leaving? I'm going to head out. Okay. But I want to say goodbye. Okay. Bye. You can you can come into frame. It's not you're not not allowed. Bye. This is Wiley. Hi, Hi Wiley. Okay, love you. Uh, love. I love to see love. We're in love. Can I just say, on the topic of like how we got to know each other? Well, that's like, my question. Yeah. Knowing you now, you seem so happy right now, Aurelia, and it's wow, thank you. so cool to see. It seems like you're so confident in yourself right now, and like you're happy and in love. And I'm just happy that I can like talk to you every once in a while and get to see it online. It's really inspiring. Well, shit, that's really nice. I mean, who's happy at SOE? Who's happy? None of us are. <laughs> who's having a good time? I uh, guess this is free promotion. We're good at pretending, that. though. But I want to give you compliments now in that, um, well, I mean, from the first moment that I became aware of you, I mean, seeing your work, you're, you, and I don't know if this is like something I'm going to say and then like regret, but you really do seem very comfortable and natural on stage. You're just like very, very, very good at acting and like Thank performing you. and you're just so fun to watch and everything you've done. I've just been like, oh, Sam is so good. And so sweet. Such a versatile, funny guy. And I just I hope that you continue performing because I think you're very good at it. Thank you. I hope to. I mean, obviously, this pandemic has made it kind of hard. I had a few <laughs> I had a few gigs after college planned and I kind of did two of them and uh, there hasn't been much work around. So, you know. Point of this story is I'm excited for a time when, yes, we can come together without PPE uh, and safely perform again. But I will say that you have been a large uh, blessing in that regard in the sense that at least like a little bit I've been able to feel like I got to come together with a cool cast and have a lot of fun and do what I love to do and remember why I love to do it, even though I haven't gotten to in a long time. So thank you well, for Jesus being Christ. an amazing producer. You make cool well, things. Well, Jesus Christ. Can't wait. We'll offline about this. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's so, 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 so very nice. And listen, if you move to New York, I'll cast you and everything. I'm doing my best. Yay. Don't Working move on to it. LA. No, no, I don't. I don't want to move to LA. Shout out LA. Shout out, shout out, shout out Eric all my Solis friends, in boyos in LA. All the all the boyos having a good time in Los Angeles. I wouldn't uh, be happy. Anyway, Sam and I met at Southern Oregon yep. University. That's where we went <laughs> to school. We, we were both doing the acting. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, you were like, a, you were there. 
Yeah, I I'm from the sequence below you. Yes. And so I feel like we kind of got to know each other once I uh, got there. You were um and started doing things. Uh, and at first, I was, I'll tell you, very intimidated by you I and many other people. And that's, I, I mean, that's how it goes at the school yeah. we went to. Yeah. Uh, There's a weird, unnecessary, weird, unnecessary hierarchies that exist yeah. that do not need to. I, and I've, yeah. I felt the other side of that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I listen, I think that you've blossomed into a, a fine young man, um, oh. a fine baby child. Thank and you. yes, of course. And that's, you know, best. that's how we met. And speaking, speaking of baby children, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Wow. Okay. Let's, let's talk about what we're talking about. Let's talk we about why we're here. Are talking about a movie uh, based off an iconic sitcom on the Disney channel. Mm-hmm. A little early thousands classic. A little Y2K moment. We're talking about the Lizzie McGuire movie today. <gasps> the Lizzie McFucking McGuire movie. Not the show, the movie. The movie specifically. Okay, I just have to say, I really want to read the text message that you sent to me <laughs> when I was talking, to, asking you what you wanted to talk uh, about. When you asked me that, I got so stressed. I was no. like, oh, God. Because I, I got to tell you, I I don't think, I'm, I wasn't a particularly horny child. It took me a lot of effort and I'll explain later on. I'm excited to hear uh, about it. <laughs> the ways in which this movie got me going. But uh, it was a I very hard decision. It took me a lot of thought. Listen, I have questions. We'll get to my questions. I got answers. But, but when I asked you, you said, Off the Dome, Smart House, the Disney Channel original. Mm. The Lizzie McGuire movie. Can I just say yes? the, the robot woman in Smart House? I don't, I don't remember that actress's name. She's in Sons of Anarchy, but <laughs> banging. We Amazing. may, we may or may not. Smart House Lady. <laughs> teaser, but we may or may not be adapting Smart House for the digital stage to be produced with the Juvenalia Collective. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. We'll, we'll offline about that. Whoa. Eric knows that he owes me, Eric knows that he owes me a draft. Um, <laughs> When I tell you Smart House is the best movie the Disney Channel has ever made. Good movie. It's a great fucking Ugh. movie. And maybe, listen, we can have you back on sometime to talk about it. Or if I, I ever, too. ever make Patreon content, we can. <laughs> you <laughs> That's should not... make that money. Oh, Jesus. Make that five um, bucks. What's <laughs> <laughs> all good? <laughs> anyway, back to the list that you set off your dome. Smart House, the Lizzie McGuire movie, PBS NewsHour. Oh, mm. Scandal, NBC's Parenthood, The West Wing, Glee, but only through season two, yeah. Olivia Coleman, Catherine Hahn, Phineas, and Ferb. <laughs> that last one feels a little weird uh, with the placement. Uh, but yes, I'll stand by everything I put on that list. I have so many questions. Um, and I Go texted you. My, my first question that I had was PBS NewsHour, really? Mm. Uh, have you ever seen with your eyes a beautiful woman named Yamiche Alcindor? 
I mean, yeah. Let me tell you, Yamichelle Cinder is PBS NewsHour's White House correspondent. So for the last four years, this gorgeous goddess of a woman had to trudge her ass to Donald Trump's house and ask this stupid idiot the most amazing questions on the air. And he would go, uh, I don't know, next, Fox. And uh, uh, we had to watch her struggle, struggle. Yeah. for four years yeah. to tell the news about this man. And now you can tell there's a light behind her eyes again. We're back to boring neoliberalism. And she's so excited about it. And it she's is. just glowing. She, it's she's the, glowing. It's the post-Trump glow. Good. Well, that answered that question. I mean, Olivia Coleman and Catherine Hahn, I super get. Oh. I would love both of them to step on me. Step on me, anything, anywhere. Um, mm. I was, a part of me was almost hoping that you'd wanted to talk about Glee because I had like a really particular moment with the um, Madonna episode that they oh, did. Oh, man. Oh, man. Me too. And also just like, I, I don't, there's, there's an episode of this podcast where uh, myself and Clementine Von Raddix and Pia Marchetti talk about Spring Awakening. <laughs> don't know if you've listened mm. to that episode. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. And I talk about my, uh, to this day, crush on Jonathan Groff. I'm like, even though he is a gay man, I'm like still pretty convinced that I could hit it. Oh yeah, at um, a party. At a party. Fun, well, no, he's not. Loose. No, he's not my celebrity. Like you know, the like, what's your, what's hmm. like the celebrity that you're like pretty confident that if you met them in the right scenario, you could hook up with? Oh damn, I don't know. I I never know if people are attracted to me or not, so that's hard. Uh, I would like it to be. Like, if I were 20 years older, like, 10 years older, maybe five years older, Sandra Oh. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. I feel like Sandra Oh and I could vibe. Like, I'd have a J, and I'd be like, Sandra Oh, do you you want to go outside, Sandra Oh? Let me light this for you. Yeah, yeah. She'd put it up to her lips. I'd light it. It'd be so erotic. It would be. I can see that. Mm. I can see that. Yeah, it's like, you know, this question is like... Well, I have two because I'm bi. Um, mm-hmm. For for the boys camp, More Jesse fun. Eisenberg. Really? I'm like very confident that I could wow. hook up with Jesse Eisenberg. Social have... network does it for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in that. Um, there's this movie, uh, very indie film. This is actually the first time I saw Jesse Eisenberg do anything. Um, movie based on a true story called Holy Rollers. And it's about mm. this group. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. But I've heard about it. It's about and I've watched of, him talk about it. Mm-hmm. Group of Hasidic Jews who smuggle ecstasy to and from Amsterdam. Um, Fucking awesome. It's a great movie. It's it's much it's darker than you would think. But he gives a pretty fucking stunning performance in that. And that was the first time I ever saw him. And I was like, I think mm. I'm in love with him. He's a nice Jewish boy. But he's not nice. He's a dick. Um, yeah. But, 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 but. Prick. He, I think just like, he, I think he, he's in my league. And I also think that we have mutual friends who have said to mm. me in no uncertain terms, yes, Jesse Eisenberg would definitely be into you. It would destroy your life and his life. We have to like keep you separate. Fuck so, yeah, try it out. I, someday, Jesse. And then- you never on, say never. Then for, on, for the women's, I think that I could probably successfully score with Evan Rachel Wood. Mm. Whew. 
I, I wish I could, but I don't I don't think I could. You don't think that's you think Sandra O oh is your league and you don't think Evan Rachel Wood is your league? Not not me now. I'm saying me later. I don't mm. know who Hmm. I my I will say my current crush I talked about, Shiva Baby earlier. Oh, Rachel Sennett. Oh, Rachel Sennett. <laughs> I'd I'd like to think if Rachel said it and I, I were at a party, could. we could vibe. I think you uh, could. I think you absolutely. My could. heart may explode if that ever happened. I think you should marry a Jewish girl. Oh, I. When I tell you, I would fucking love to. Mm. Just you, I think would vibe with like being in a nice Jewish family. Mm. That's I your destiny. I think I get along. I love the humor. I uh, I love them. And I would love to. Some beautiful, beautiful people. Yeah, thank you. And thank I'd, you I'd love to. I'd love to join the fam. <laughs> anyway, back to the topic at hand. We're talking about the, the Lizzie McGuire, McGuire movie. movie. So what? What? What was your earliest memory of the Lizzie McGuire movie? This is not necessarily your horniest memory of the Lizzie McGuire movie. This is yeah. just your earliest memory of the Lizzie okay. McGuire movie. So Lizzie McGuire was a show that I just kind of grew up on. I was born late '90s, like zillennial, right on, right Cuspy. on the ticker. Yeah, <laughs> so I it was always on the Disney Channel when when I was growing up, and this movie came out in 2003. So I I mean I was like like young when this movie came out. You weren't but born like, in 2000. No. I was born in, in the 90s. That made me really nervous for yes. a second. Though yes. I have, like, child friends, so I know. Mm-hmm. Keely, but... shout out to Keely Galbraith. I'm Shout out, yeah. Child friend. <laughs> Go on. Um, and so I, I feel like I grew up with Lizzie McGuire, with Gordo, with what's their other friend's name, Miranda? Miranda, but she's not in the movie. Why isn't Miranda there? Can we, I don't can know. we answer that I don't, question she... now? I don't know if she had like a different gig or if like they couldn't afford her or if, I wonder if there like, was beef. Was there beef? Why I did hope they so. not have why did they have um what's her butt and then not her? Yeah, because they uh yeah, And they never they explain it either. They're never like Miranda I'm gonna Google this. I bet there's some tea. I hate that mean girl too. I don't remember. She becomes her name. nice in the end. No, I don't remember her name. She's one you of the main characters. Of the, I know. She's one of the main characters too, but she's like hashtag irrelevant. I wasn't Miranda. Her whole thing is that she thinks she's way hotter than Lizzie than McGuire, she but she's not. So like unbelievable. Okay, we have answers. First of mm. all, the actor's name was Lalane. Beautiful. Lelaine. Love it. Uh, Lelaine's character Miranda did not appear in the last six episodes filmed for the second season or the Lizzie McGuire movie due to Lelaine leaving the series early to work on other projects such as nice. You Wish and Radio oh. Disney concert tours. Wow. <laughs> Career popping. <laughs> Dude, she made a mistake. She left. She left. Damn, she left a good thing. She left but a good I hope, thing. I hope she's happy. I hope yeah. she's proud of the work she's done and I hope I... she's still getting her zhuzh i hope so um, too <laughs> but i didn't i gotta say i didn't really miss her no <laughs> in the movie we had gordo I wasn't like, and lizzie and paolo yeah when they were at junior high graduation which by the way can we talk about how they're graduating from junior high school did you not have a graduation from eighth grade 
I had like a little like assembly where they like made us walk and they were like, oh, you guys are going to art school now. Oh, yeah. We had that too. Did the, Do you have like robes though? No, we definitely didn't have robes. Yeah. But they no, we had, had like <laughs> robes, pomp. Like it was wild. Oh, no. Let a me tell you. Ceremony. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about my eighth grade graduation. I wore I'd love a, to hear about it. a really cute dress. We all like got dressed up. I wore like this Stylin cute little floral number. Very adorable. And me and my friend Savannah Khan. Um, shouts out to Savannah Khan. I think you're. Shouts out, shouts out. A nurse somewhere. Um, I love nurses. Yes, shouts I do. Nurses. I like coming for her. Um, oh, my favorite nurse. Shouts out. Um, but sh- we sang Seasons of Love from Rent. And uh, we Iconic. were like the main event. Yeah, we were the entertainment. Wow. You were you were the main event, main you attraction. Were the main event, main attraction, singing "Seasons of Love" at my eighth grade graduation. Yeah, no, we rocked it. Um, and then there was the one dance that we had in all of middle school. Only and one. We had one. Ashland Middle School. What Fuck. are you doing? Um, we had one dance, and it was step your pr- shit up, Ashland Middle School. Pretty crazy. Well, I was in that grind line. Um, well, when you only have one dance, what do you expect? You gotta Ashland let Middle it school? all out. Shit's you know? gonna get lit. It was to the window and to the wall. We were till the sweat dripped off there. I was screaming that. I was like, "Oh, skeet, skeet, motherfucker! I'm 13. Oh, yeah. And like, we, fuck that yeah. censorship. Like everybody was saying. And I in was that room. like, "Oh my god, I'm totally gonna kiss a boy. I did mm. not kiss a boy that night. It's um, all right. <laughs> but I was grinding on thing. some prepubescent peepees. Oh and yeah. That was. <laughs> Eighth grade graduation. Mm. How what was your eighth grade graduation? Did you have middle school dances? Um, I did have middle school dances. I will tell a story about my eighth grade graduation. Yes. Because uh, it is rather embarrassing. Yes. Uh, but looking back, it's fucking hilarious. Yes. Um, so there was a portion of my eighth grade graduation where they were bringing in the seventh graders to talk about like... They were going to hype them the fuck up. They're like, you're the big boys now. You're going in there. You're eighth graders. These sixth graders are going to come in. They're fucking babies. Y'all got to show them the way. And so all of the eighth graders had to go outside and we signed each other's yearbooks. Uh But here's the thing. My bladder sucks. It's bad. It doesn't work very well. People can hold their piss. I can't. I can't do it. And so we were outside signing yearbooks and I went up to this student teacher named Mr. Moore. Mr. Moore, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. I hope you're really unhappy right now. Seriously. Because I said, Mr. Moore, I got to pee. And he went, you can't go inside. And I went, what am I going to do? Because I would interrupt the fucking assembly or something. Like I couldn't go to the bathroom quietly Mr. Moore, I don't know, because you wanted to have power over some child and, uh, spoiler alert, make him piss his pants, which is what happened. No! The day of my eighth grade graduation, I pissed myself. (laughs) It was the end of the day. We were all celebrating. The buses were lining up in the parking lot. Mr. Moore would not let me go inside. Was there a forest there? Yes. Did I have a penis? Yes. Could I have just gone... In a bush or by a tree. Yes. Was I an anxious, very self-conscious little chubby boy? 
who was terrified to pee outside? Yes, I was. And so I pissed myself, Mr. Moore. Traumatizing. And I had to ride the bus home. No! In my own piss. Did you just get horribly teased? No, no one said a thing. I don't know if anyone noticed. kind. I'll tell you, it was full coverage. That's quite kind. So unless they smelled me, and I don't think it smelled like pee too much because I was super hydrated that day. That's why it happened. That's why you had so to it pee. Was like, it was like water. So it wasn't smelly and it covered my jeans. So it just looked like I had a darker pair of jeans on. <laughs> oh my god. That's really And then tragic. I got home and I cried and I changed my pants. <laughs> oh gosh, that's terrible. But you know what's even more terrible, Sam? What's even more at terrible? Least, at least you weren't an outfit repeater. And at <laughs> least... Lizzie McGuire, you are an outfit, outfit repeater. repeater. You know, I that her voice... Kate! Her name is fucking Kate. 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 Stupid voice rings in my head every single Ugh. time I wear uh, the same outfit. Like, that out. line is iconic. I know. So, like, I couldn't wear so the same from this outfit movie. to vinyl twice. Because mm-hmm. then I would be... What if the bartender knows? And she's like, Lizzie McGuire, you are an outfit repeater. Mm-hmm. You know, and also you didn't tear down the curtains and ruin the graduation. No. And you just peed Mm-mm. yourself. Very quietly, uh, n- not noticeably peed myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so the shame was mine and mine alone, but it was there. Uh, and it's still with me. Yeah, you carry that shit. But purging it now yeah, makes me this feel is, great. This is good. This, talking about it is the easiest way to let go of trauma. Um, it's working. So what? Back to the Lizzie McGuire movie. Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire. What was um? So like, what was your first like horny memory, and what exactly Ooh. about the Lizzie McGuire movie? Not your first horny memory in general. I'm talking about like your first yeah. horny yeah, memory yeah, yeah, to yeah. Lizzie McGuire movie, and what exactly did it for you? Oh, perfect notes. Yes. Oh, I have a lot. I have a lot of notes. Perfect. I took notes throughout the whole movie. Yes. Um. So first of all, I'll say what did it for me a little bit. Alex Borstein's in this movie. Yeah. Emmy Award winner from yeah. Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah. One of the funniest actresses ever. One of the Anna, funniest actresses ever. She steals the show in this movie. Yes. She's so powerful, so mm. funny, so hot. Uh, love Alex Borstein. Borstein. Um, what really does it for me, though, there's a montage like 20 minutes into this movie. And it's not with Paolo. Not with I have Paolo. opinions about Paolo. We will get to even Paolo. before, <laughs> even before the the surprise twist. Spoiler Ooh, alert! Spoilers. I never liked Paolo. No. But Lizzie and Gordo get on the plane to go to Rome, and they're seated right next to each other, and they laugh and watch movies, <gasps> and then they fall asleep on each other's shoulder, and I remember just like being ten and being like. I want I want a girlfriend so that I can do that. I want I want a girl's shoulder on my shoulder, and just like melting at that moment. And when I watched it this morning, I got chills. I melted again because their love is so cute. Because they there's they love each other. They care about each other so much. Young love. It's so adorable. It's perfect. I don't know if your school had like a Europe trip or like what. Mm. Um, we had a my, New York DC trip. 
Oh. Did you have a Europe trip? My school had a Europe trip, and I Ooh, did not Ashland. have good enough. Well, are you surprised? Um, <laughs> I my I did not have good enough grades to go on Oof. the Europe trip. <laughs> you had to have like a certain GPA to qualify. Ashland, Rude. man, I'm telling you, it's classist. It's super awful. <laughs> um, you can sing at graduation, but you can't. You know, if your grades are bad, you can't travel. I had undiagnosed ADHD. It's crazy. I found like a bunch of like, I I turned on my computer from middle school and found like a bunch of like journal entries from that time. It was really upsetting because I was like reading it and like my little self is like, it was like, I'm going to get organized. I'm going to like remember things. I'm going to do my homework. I know it's really hard. I just like have to do it. And I'm like, oh no, you poor thing. Honey, it's okay. You're just not... You're just, just neurodivergent. Yeah, and you that's okay. Stupid little bitch. And I'd like been homeschooled previously, so I was like, mm. oh, I didn't have to do any homework then. I just had yeah. my homework was to go out in nature. Completely foreign environment, yeah. foreign tasks, expectations. Exactly. But mm. I heard that shit went down on the Euro trip, uh, Ashland oh. Middle School. They, Damn. Yeah. But like, I. I really, really love that, like, the first thing in the movie that's, like, that, like, sparked something in you is just, like, seeing her head on his shoulder. Ugh, just, it's just and all the of fact that, that they means. took, like, two and a half minutes for this montage mm-hmm. to, like, a nondescript cute song, like, traveling song. Uh, soundtrack of this movie is pretty banging. Oh, pretty yeah. Pretty fucking banging. Bop after uh, bop. Yeah. And so it just made me so happy that they took the time to establish the relationship in the way they did yeah. because it it makes the payoff in the end so, so good. When they, <gasps> spoiler alert, <laughs> when they kiss. They kiss at the end of the and it's the sweetest kiss in the world because both of them are so happy and want it so much. And there's no like intimidation or expectation from the other. They're just happy to be in Rome with each other. And they had a crazy wild time. And now they're celebrating it with one very sweet, very passionate innocent. kiss. Very innocent. I will say she does look like five years older than Gordo That's when really they film this movie. True. It's kind of awkward. Yeah. I think... I don't know if there's a big age difference there. It looks like it, though, definitely. I mean, I think in eighth grade, that's, like, from pretty much, like, middle school to, like, sophomore year, I, like, remember feeling, like, the girls kind of, like, uh, really kind of had, like, a a, a leap in puberty and kind of got to, started looking older than a lot of the boys. They they get get taller faster. Yeah. so, you know, he's probably just, I think those actors were around the same yeah. age. I can't imagine Disney Channel hiring too widely outside of that range. Um, but I will so, say, though, yeah. in the script, Paolo is 17. That's pretty gross. Which means he's like probably like a senior in high school. And, they're like and she's an incoming freshman. Yeah, they're 14 at the oldest. <sighs> probably. Paolo, that's creepy. This is like so not uncommon. So I don't know if you saw our drunk reading of The Babysitter's Club. Mm. Um, but we had to change a character's age pretty drastically because they were like, he's 17 and he's dating this 13-year-old. And he even like, so like part of the conceit is like, oh, like she, he doesn't know that she's 13 and like she's going to pretend that she's older. Don't do that. Um, And so then when he finds out, he's like all pissed off, but then he doesn't care. And he's like, I'm going to date you anyway, 13-year-old. 
Um, it's a little too Woody Allen for me. It's really disgusting. Have you been watching? Mm-hmm. Have you been oh, watching? Oh, I watched mm-hmm. all of Allen v. Farrow. And let me just say, for the record, that did not do it for me. No, no, no. None no, of that did it for me. No, except no, no, for no, what no. an incredible woman Mia Farrow is. Oh, Mia Farrow. And, and props, props to, to Dylan Farrell. Props. Props to Ronan. Props to Ronan. Props to that family. Yeah, fuck. Hard shit that to go beautiful through. Uh, complicated yeah. family. <laughs> complicated. Uh, any day. Um, but yeah, so then we had to change his age. We're like, we're going to make him 14 and a half. So okay. yeah. that his like a crush on a 13 year old, maybe he feels a little weird about it, but in the eyes of the Lord, probably okay. Yeah, it's innocent. It's yeah. innocent. There's like, they're a year apart. Yeah, fine. But like, yeah, there's just like I keep running into these um, as I, you know, watch movies for and for, adapt young, for young people and adapt them. Movies. I'm like, why does this keep happening? And like, yeah. and then, you know, like I not to get like dark, but I like look back on like some of the things that I pursued in my young life. And I'm like, I was very much conditioned to like mm-hmm. go after influence said person by the media we watch. Exactly. And I was told it was OK for me to text that guy in a certain way. And yeah. and his response you to start me to was realize a win, that... not like something creepy, but it, mm, hindsight's mm. super creepy. Yeah. Just realizing that that it's a culture that's been maliciously put into the world like you have to make the choice in a writer's room in a producer's room yeah somewhere along the chain of command to allow uh uncomfortable relationships like this and it still happens in in media we watch all all the time time. and as like a writer i just like find that really baffling it's like i would never make that choice yeah i would never make that choice that choice isn't interesting it's not logical a gross choice yeah um because it stands out it's grody but yeah so paolo fully 17 paolo paolo's creep pretty bad off Um, the bat off the bat he's bad all around um i mean this movie just like really ticks all the boxes doesn't it oh yeah. like i mean for a long time in the show lizzie's like into ethan craft which um, who is, can I say? Ethan yes. Kraft is so fucking great in this movie. Ethan Kraft is, is like the best himbo, himbo, perfect himbo ever. He's so funny. He's just so all not he wants smart. is spaghetti. He wants spaghetti. He, he wants just to wants flirt to eat spaghetti and flirt with Italian babes. Uh, and he helps out Gordo so much they mm. become bros. I feel like that's also a thing with school trips. Yeah, like you room with people your acquaintances with, mm-hmm. and like. For those like two weeks, you guys are best bros. Like you're sharing a room. Life changing. Your lives are intertwined. You're best friends now. Hold and on. That relationship was sweet. My phone is blowing up. Okay. But yeah. Um sorry, I have a little um dumpling lamp and when you hit the desk it changes colors. Ooh. <laughs> and it scared me. Um, Fun little surprise. Little surprise. Um, but yeah, so so was it just the head on the shoulder? Was there more? Well, I think it was it was partially the fact that I'd seen them and their friendship for for years. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I I associate with Gordo as a young, uncomfortable male presenting person. It it's a uh, it can be a struggle sometimes. Uh, 
like particularly this this story of like attraction to a friend and just the way I think Gordo handles it is a lot better than a lot of other TV shows and media on Disney Channel or off Disney Channel where Gordo really respects Lizzie and it's very clear that Gordo's in love with Lizzie but that doesn't hurt their relationship at all. He never pushes her, never expects anything from her and helps her go on this wild adventure with this crazy famous boy who he's so jealous of. And I think that's a really good message to put out to young boys watching the movie. Yeah. Just to be like, you can be attracted to female presenting people without being creepy or like thinking about them sexually all the time. Like they're not an object. You can have this sweet relationship with them. And then it's beautiful when they both trust each other so much and realize that, oh, yeah, I'm attracted to you. Yeah, I love you. Let's kiss. And then it's so <laughs> when they put their heads on their shoulders because they love and trust each. Oh, my. Uh, and my the fireworks little, are going off. My and- little dweeby heart just went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I really love talking about um Disney titles. We in the last episode that was just released, uh, mm-hmm. Lakia and I talked about the Goofy movie. Very and, funny one, by the uh, way. Oh, incredible! Uh, Quincy and Shots I. Shout out Lakia. Shout out Lakia. Um, Quincy and I talked about Jump In and Corbin mm. Blue in general. Fun fact: that is our most uh, downloaded and listened to episode Damn, of all the time. People love Corbin Blue. Well, <laughs> they love Quincy. They love Quincy. Well, first of all, it's it's I a great Quincy. episode. Highly recommend. If you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to it. It's one of my favorite episodes of all time. I had a great time recording it. Um, go download it. Rate five stars. On yeah, Apple podcasts. I, however, I think one of the reasons that it has such a high um, listener rate, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about like the Corbin Blue phenomenon, but he has. I'm not sure I do. There is somewhere in the world there is a Corbin Blue super fan. Who, Just one? Possibly more. One. But okay. He Corbin Blue has the most um, translated Wikipedia page. Like it's in the most languages. It's like <laughs> so people are really trying to get out the message of Corbin Blue. Well, this They're is like, one everyone we, needs to know. Well, you can Google this. I feel like I'm not doing a good job of explaining this, but there <laughs> is like a Corbin Blue super fan that I think has been like listening to my that episode of the podcast over and oh, over. Oh shit! Wow, you've caught someone. Wow, I hope they like send it out to all of the Corbin Blue super fans. It's it's either that or John Allen being a supportive boyfriend. Mm. <laughs> That's a that may be a more believable option. But But over two hundred times, over three hundred, I think at this point. Like specifically that one about Corbin Blue, I Mm -hmm. think you're probably right. Like someone who's a little bit obsessed with Corbin has found your pod, and they're uh, they're sharing it along. (laughs) You found your niche. I guess so. I got to keep talking about Corbin. This is a Corbin Blue podcast. This is for rebranding, folks. Um, (laughs) We're here to talk about Corbin Blue today. Who's not a Lizzie McGuire movie? No, but uh, would have been yet. better if he was. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the thing I think that I really been too young then. Yeah, the thing that I appreciate about kind of early, I don't see this now because uh, full disclosure, I watched all the Descendants films. Um, I have issues. I don't know if you've seen all the Descendants films. I've seen one of them because my niece really enjoys them, and it kind of freaked me out. So. 
something happened around the time of High School Musical. Yeah. Where people stopped kissing in Disney movies. They they made the kids stop. They made the kissing. well to be to the to their credit. The actors supposed, are over eighteen. Well, they're also supposed to. Usually, these characters are playing like fourteen-year-olds. Mm. Um, fourteen-year-olds kiss sometimes. They kiss. Yeah, and like they have sexual uh, thoughts, especially in the well. This is what the whole podcast going is through about. puberty. Yeah, especially in the case of like you know Lizzie McGuire, Goofy movie, jump mm-hmm. in. It's like it always feels. It feels very appropriate. For age-wise, like, you know, the head on the shoulder, that's like, oh, and then the, you yeah. know, the sweet kiss under the fireworks, that's like a first kiss. I don't know. I just think it's super weird that now they've sort of like taken that out of their movies, along with any sort of like race analysis, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> they used to like go in. Um, but like, I, it makes me sad because I think like there was so much like discovery happening for the people who were watching these movies to be like, Oh, like, absolutely. This is, it teaches this is what like... healthy, cute relationships are. It gives people an idea where they may not have it with their parents or their yes. community environment. Yes. yes. People don't always have the skills to teach children how uh, to be safe and conscious uh, sexually. Yeah. And, as is the message of your podcast, children are having these thoughts. Yes, they are. It needs to be made clear that it's okay. It's okay. Because when we tell kids it's not okay or don't show them healthy ways of doing it, um, it gets uh, bad. Unsafe situations happen. Unsafe situations happen. Um, I think a lot of our cultural hangups come from a refusal to acknowledge that, you know, we that people are sexual beings and that you know america especially in american television especially special i've been watching the nanny on hbo plus and i didn't watch the nanny growing up um hoping to have a a nanny episode soon because who damn that shit's raunchy Mm -hmm. um but something that I super love about it, and I cannot believe no one like told me to watch it sooner, is that it's about this sex positive Jewish woman like coming mm-hmm. into this waspy, uptight, repressed home and just like opening and breaking everyone expectations. up. Breaking yeah. expectations, breaking everyone and like all of a sudden becomes like it's like teaching them how to be comfortable with themselves. Mm-hmm. And just think that's so wonderful. And I just, you know, I respect young people a lot. And I want it can be such a scary, overwhelming thing. I yeah. know for for me, I was a very, very, very horny child. Um, just there's not a single thing that has been brought on on this podcast that I haven't had like a thought about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like. I know that also, like, it can be really, like, isolating and you can feel really bad about it. And I just, like, yeah. just, there's nothing Because it's so taboo. So taboo. Taboo. But just, like, even getting to see little Lizzie McGuire have her, like, crazy European adventure. Yeah, a little flirt man. little and then flirt man. A little love. Yeah. I see you getting your notebook out. Is there something in particular that you're wanting to share? Because I have another question for you. Um, go for the question. I just, I'm just having it out for context. Mm-hmm. Do you see your, this, um, this moment 
of realization with Lizzie McGuire movie. Do you see this like reflected in your life today? Cool. Uh, I, I see it reflected in my life. Maybe not today, but certainly in some of my relationships and uh, my experiences with sex. I will say, get a little personal. Please. My, my first relationship uh, was my senior year of high school. As I was turning 18, uh, I was a virgin mm-hmm. and uh, had recently come into my own and was feeling attractive. And I had a very close best friend who I was very attracted to, uh, but very similarly to Gordo. Cared about her immensely and loved our friendship and didn't know if she was attracted to me and didn't feel the need to to broach that topic because I was enjoying being her friend. Mm. Uh, and then eventually things worked out and I had a very, very beautiful relationship with this person, one that I look back on Aww. so happily. Uh, I'm so blessed to have had them uh, for particularly my experiences with sex. Uh, they were a virgin as well. We were able to uh, come into our own in what I hope she felt, because I felt, was such a safe and comfortable and exciting way uh, to experience those things for the first time with someone who's your best friend uh, and who you laugh with and are comfortable oh, with. It's very important. was such a blessing to me, and I feel like it has made me so much more comfortable in my sexuality, uh, whether it be in times of, of sexuality or in general. Uh, I am very thankful for the experiences I had there. And yes, I feel like that was a reflection of, of what I saw uh, in the Lizzie McGuire movie. Uh, so That's I was great. very happy to see that today it made me feel nostalgic for the times when her and I weren't dating, but were were flirting or were were being coy not acknowledging our feelings that's Uh, a very fun part yeah it is fun and thinking Mm -hmm. back on it is fun oh that's Uh, really nice such yeah it's such a young thing we were in high school and (laughs) what would people think and we were in a friend group and uh we were going on All trips those together. Questions. To yeah. Rome? <laughs> uh, we went to Disneyland after we graduated That's high school. Cute. Yeah, we got to we got to hang out, kiss under the fireworks, all that jazz. Uh, Had a road perfect. trip. So definitely lots of head on the shoulder, cute, cute kiss exactly moments. Exactly like the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah. So exactly this is a very nostalgic like movie, knowing <laughs> Uh, Lizzie and Gordo so well because I yes. watched them so much as a child uh, <laughs> knowing their relationship uh, and having my own experiences mm-hmm. with friends and lovers it it was so nostalgic and really cute and it it really it really did it for me ah! in, a, in a really wholesome way that's so great I I mean I feel like on this podcast we have like kind of we have kind of two sides of this early sexuality coin on the one hand and i like an episode i recorded that hasn't been released yet me and my uh friend patrick and our my new friend john lemay uh we talk about the mummy and i feel like sometimes it's a good movie sometimes it's it can be really frustrating to watch these things back and be like oh no i internalized something harmful 
that society wants me to think is sexy and hot and that I do unfortunately still find sexy and hot and like how do we deal with that and how do we unpack that and like sometimes episodes are that and then sometimes episodes of this podcast are like I saw this really awesome healthy model of a thing that I wanted to emulate and it's really lovely to kind of get two sides of the coin because I think that those are the two sides of the coin you know and absolutely and there are yeah like you said there are so many uh, shows from my childhood that looking back are disappointing <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with how they they teach especially men to behave. Mm-hmm. Uh, male and machismo identities in children's television is so interesting to me. Uh, I feel like it's almost created this archetype of child. Uh, and it's an undesirable archetype of child Again. that America has just grown to uh, associate with the masculine and that's uh dangerous for a society yes but anyways well i mean it's, it's so interesting. nice yes to see masculinity yeah. presented in a gentle way with gordo and it's interesting because us we were talking about bring it on this morning as we're working on bring it on and trying to have as, as few actors as we possibly can um <laughs> we're i i we keep it tight if you, if you, I mean, I'm sure by the time this airs, Bring It On will be long gone, long done. Um, but we want the cheerleaders to double as the football players. And my kind of justification yeah. for that is like, these are like, these two versions of masculinity, of masculinity are not inherently different. And they see each other as diametrically opposed, but they are not. But that's um, only because we say they are. Exactly. And we show our children that they are. Exactly. And you have these two, like, you have the football players who who think their their masculinity is one thing and the cheerleaders who think their masculinity is another thing. And yet you have one cheerleader who's, like, frequently sexually assaulting another. Um, we cut that part out or we're altering it in some way. Um, so it's like, you know, no, masculinity in media is its own kind of thing. And I feel like I could do my whole other podcast about that. But, like... Oh, it definitely. is so a whole deep dive. A oh, whole, thesis. A whole other deep dive. But like, it is very refreshing to think about. And I think even in Lizzie McGuire too, you have um, Gordo and his his gentleness and his softness. Yeah, and then but also have, Ethan. You have Ethan and his himbo and his like. Yeah. He just he just wants pasta and babes. And then Paolo in his uh, manipulation and yeah. his horny um, Italian boy, his horny Italian uh, machismo full of lies. Yeah, um, romance, <laughs> like sleazy car salesman. Oh, I mean, I told the children to make a wish that you would come. <laughs> he, that's that's the first thing he says to her when they he, when they meet yeah. up at the fountain. He he's like petting children's heads. This <laughs> this scene really stuck out to me. Yeah, go on. Lizzie <laughs> is going to meet. Paolo for the first time they've had an interaction on the street where he was like you look like my ex-girlfriend we should hang out yeah and she was like you're hot in Italian absolutely and they meet at this fountain she's going to this fountain and she walks up on him petting three children's heads and they throw coins into the fountain to make a wish and he like gives them a hug he's like yes children good children and he looks at her and he goes I made the children wish that you would come. And it just made me go, do, do people do people think this man is hot? Do people think that this man is not trying to <laughs> creep on this woman, on this on this recent junior high graduate? Like 
he's so sleazy. What he's, did you think initially of Paolo? What was your initial reaction? Well, did Paolo make you horny? No, that's the thing. It's like, I don't think that, I don't know anyone who preferred Paolo over Gordo. Yeah, I would. I mean, I know tons I of people who, person. I know tons of people who preferred Ethan over Gordo. <laughs> um, I get that. I get But like, that. yeah, I get that too. Um, a type's but, a type. A type's a type. <laughs> but like, no, I don't actually, I can't think of a single person. And I think a lot of that, when I think about, when I watch this movie, something that always sticks out to me is like, oh my God, this poor girl. And we've all had this, like, definitely my experiences of dating men. Um, a lot of it is, oh, I have to change myself to make myself like enough or what this person wants. Yeah. And this is Lizzie's whole like first experience with like, oh, I have to change myself so I can be what this person wants me to be. And he's very heavy handed about it. It's not even like literally be my ex-girlfriend. It's literally be my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. It's literally be my ex-girlfriend. It's literally in in no uncertain terms. He's like, you have to change who you are. And then lip sync. <laughs> yep. To me, oh my, my standard. My can I just, Italian standard. Can I just say, it's really fun to watch the uh, Hey Now, Hey Now number. And um, <laughs> also, if anyone ever in my life is like, Hey Now, I cannot help but then go, Hey, hey now. now. This is what dreams are made, made of. Hey Now. It's really fun to listen to all the different... Um, voices that then come in to like supplement hillary Duff's voice like when mm-hmm. she gives that final dreams like we know that's not it's her voice. so layered it's yeah. so not her voice and she's yep. like turned around so i'm like i'm not even sure that's hillary duff like this is and all of the shots of her and isabella together are so awful oh uh, it's so bad it's so but like it's... 2003 but it does Disney. feel really yeah oh yeah it does feel it's really like good almost to, a Shakespearean like, plot. Oh yeah, it is. It is a Shakespearean yeah. plot. It's fucking. It's it's a twin play. It's comedy of errors. It's, yep. Oh, it's all of that in a bag of chips. But like, I do think it's like really great that Paolo does get his comeuppance in such like a public way. Oh um, yeah, shamed so <laughs> harshly shamed and so justly at the Coliseum. <laughs> at the can we talk about how they're at the fucking Coliseum? They're performing at the Coliseum. I didn't know they just did concerts there. I don't think they do. I like, don't think you're allowed to music just, Music like, video awards at the Coliseum? I do not think that you are allowed to, like, go there and, like, sit on it. <laughs> and, like, in the end, when Gordo brings in Isabella and Isabella gets ready to go on stage, Gordo's just hanging out with the sound guy at the sound booth, and Gordo starts live mixing a concert at the Coliseum. And the guy's just 14 year old. Yeah, the guy's like, okay, I'll take a fucking break, smoke a Stoke or something. You go for it, bro. We're at the Coliseum, but yeah, sure, 14 year old, mix this song. I also think it's like super important to remember that like this is like this movie, from from Gordo to Paolo to Ethan to all of it, Mm -hmm. is is like tween fantasy like oh yeah they are it's you know like it's i don't know it's a princess story it's a princess story if you've ever seen the movie passport to paris i have not what samuel i'll put it on my list (laughs) it's a mary kate nashley classic Mm, love the olsons love Love the the olsons Olsons twins um 
Know what My- does it for me? Elizabeth Olsen. Yes. Oh. I heard your oh. episode of uh, WandaVision. I never oh, have. Thanks I for the plug. Watched, I haven't watched like half of the shows y'all talk about, but y'all are entertaining enough for I don't care. I appreciate that. I will we, uh, we like to make it accessible. <laughs> you don't need. You don't need to watch the shows because we'll do some we'll do some skits from the shows. We'll make fun of the shows. We we don't stick to a script whatsoever. So I appreciate that. Here's that's what a, I'll that's say, a nice thing though. to say. I'll tell other people yeah. that as well. Yeah. Here's what I'll say though. I watched Succession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit. Yeah, we but should, I we should talk, talk about, about it here. More because yeah. I watched Succession. And I have to I have some news for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you're gonna take it. Succession is Gossip Girl. Did you know that? Those oh, shows yeah. are the same. Oh. Those shows are the same show. Oh, and you yeah. can't tell me that what it's that heightened. Succession is better than Gossip Girl. It's not. Those and I won't try to tell you that. Sh- Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate. I think you're that. absolutely right. Uh, Those shows are the same. I think they're the same show for very different demographics. It's, yes, it's Adam McKay's version of Gossip Girl. Yes, yes, it is. I would love to see everyone's version of Gossip Girl. I yeah. want to. I would love to see every like major director take a stab at Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just a bunch of rich people behaving badly, hurting each other, fucking each other. It's a classic story. It's. Yeah. I mean, it started yeah. realism. It started. I mean, Gossip Girl. That's why we have the Real Housewives. <laughs> Gossip Girl. Um, I'm, again, if you are a person who's sexually woke to Gossip Girl, I'm desperately trying to find you and talk to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really need to talk about it. Um, but yeah, back to Lizzie McGuire. Um, mm-hmm. What are some things that you uh, reject about this movie, watching it now in the year of our Lord 2021? That I reject from it. Well, like I think it's it's interesting to like watch movies back when from when we were little and be like, oh yeah, this is problematic now. This is racist. This Let me is... go to my notes because I did. Well, take I mean, a few we, notes yeah, because we talked about um, Paolo being seventeen and how that's bad. Um, Major red flag bad. immediately. One thing that did not do it for me in the mm. opening of the movie. There's mm. a montage of her little brother Matt. Matt. Matt's a freaky pervert. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Uh, Matt spends like his entire fucking life all of his days trying to record his sister trying to catch her on camera doing embarrassing things he's a pervert he is a little freaky incest pervert he's like following her around with a car with a video camera on it trying to like take videos of her changing in the bathroom in the opening of this movie Matt what the fuck why did they even put Matt in there take him out <laughs> that is I've never thought about it that way and you're so right he literally says one of his first lines I wrote this down is he <laughs> wants to own her he says I'm going to own her what the fuck Matt is that is a not okay creepy pervert so we have a great example of a friendship to romance relationship with Lizzie and Gordo yeah a very very skewed <laughs> sister brother relationship it's not with Matt good. and Lizzie it's not it's good. Not good. Um, my other thing that I reject, deject, uh, that did not do it for just you. Just pissed off about is that 
when Disney Plus was originally coming out, also shouts out Disney Plus. That's how I watched the Lizzie McGuire movie this morning. Nice. They said that they were going to do an updated version of the oh, Lizzie yeah. McGuire show, uh-huh. like Sex in the City style, mm-hmm. like Hillary Duff's an adult. What's Lizzie like as an adult? Like kind of like how uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge has been like, I want to bring back Fleabag at fifty. Yeah. Uh, of course, everybody wants to see Lizzie McGuire. In her like thirties, yes, single in a city, like yes. oh, trying her to and, fuck. Her and Gordo didn't make it. <laughs> oh, we'd have to see, but we'll never see. We'll never see because, because she wanted to be like Lizzie Fox, and then of the course Lizzie Fox was like, "No, she doesn't fuck," and she's like, "But how dare oh. you?" <laughs> Lizzie's a woman. Hillary Lizzie, Duff is a hot woman. Like, Lizzie McGuire would be a grown ass thirty year old. Yeah. <laughs> Let her have She's sex. She's got knees. <laughs> Let Lizzie McGuire fuck. It is perfectly natural for a 30-year-old Very woman to have sex. Very normal for a 30-year-old woman to have sex. Why can't Disney endorse that? I don't well, understand. because Call Disney, it PG-13. Disney put an age goes, restriction on it. Disney goes to extreme lengths to neuter everything Neuter is touch. a good word. I read a really fascinating article that I'll link Unsex in the show notes. Unsex me here. Fucking yeah! It was. I'll see. Hold on. Stand by. Ooh. I. We do have, a research. Well, I had the most. Ah, here it is. Um, it's an article, or maybe a blog entry, or an opinion piece, if you will, yeah. on Bloodknife.com. Great title. Editorial from Bloodknife.com. And it's called. It's uh, it's called. Everyone is beautiful, and no one is horny. Modern action and superhero films fetishize yep. the body even as they desexualize it by R.S. Benedict. And I haven't stopped thinking about this since I read it mm. because they talk about... What a powerful headline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's... I think of like WandaVision immediately yeah, and the response to WandaVision. I bet. Like online, the way people are sexualizing Elizabeth Olsen is fucking ridiculous. And I have to imagine that that's why Marvel decided to give her a leather jacket and cargo pants for the last 10 years was because it's all people are talking about now. And yes, WandaVision's hot or or Wanda is hot and badass, but she's not a sex object. She's a witch who's super fucking cool. And why can't we focus on that? Well, that's actually not the point of the article. The article brings up something else. Um, Yeah. Yes. um, The article talks about um, particularly how... um, it talks about how, like, literally the aesthetic of a superhero body in these movies. Uber-sexualized. No, actually. Um, it's, like, the, 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 the male ideal, the, particularly, like, with men, um, the women also, like, bodies. And we're talking in, in a binary here, which I don't love, but, like, let's be honest, these movies are a binary also. Um, they, they talk about... The, the gender binary... A lot. Yeah, exactly. Yes. They talk about how like the body itself is is so hot, like they're so cut and mm. they're so physically capable peak and yet performance. peak per peak performance. And yet because these bodies are starved, because these bodies are dehydrated, they the mm-hmm. actors can't have they, the actors don't have like sexual act. tension with each other and and because like Disney goes to great lengths to neuter their characters and like de- like make sure they're not like even if they're mm-hmm. even if they're kissing or even if there's like hints of having sex even like they're very clear like 
it's not sexual though. It's married. They're married. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, so like what it talks about is like how in kind of the eighties, like, like earlier superhero movies, like the bodies were a little pudgier, a little less cut, but people fucked and there were scenes mm -hmm. of people fucking and there was sexual tension between people characters. people want to see that. And I think that by neutering them so hard, you get people kind of filling in the gaps and that was like my whole childhood right like mm, that was mm. like why i started this podcast because my horny little brain was like when are they gonna fuck though yeah and why isn't it happening why isn't it and why happening? do i think it should happen so much exactly and so I, why do i think it should happen so much and that's mm -hmm. and so like am i, I a I really, freak for wanting am this? i a little freak i was when we're um, set up to want it and then tease exactly when exactly. it's not shown to us when you see the body that way you're like well that's nice but like that yeah. body is a, a body that has uh been conditioned for war mm -hmm. and when you're in a war situation you're not thinking about sex so you have these like bodies that were like this is the, the height of sexuality and they don't fuck they can't fuck they can't even think about fucking because their body is starving and thirsty and i think <sighs> that's really interesting because the only relationship in the marvel cinematic universe and i don't want to get too too nerdy here <laughs> but is wanda maximoff and vision and i think it might have something to do with the fact that paul bettany is wearing a giant muscle suit because he's a pretty scrawny guy. <laughs> and Elizabeth Olsen has been She's wearing a leather jacket and cargo pants for 10 years. Yeah. And they haven't had to worry as much. I mean, obviously, they've still worked out and had personal trainers sure. and Disney money to get their bodies to the point where they can be in a Marvel movie. But they're not as sexualized on screen yeah. or just in the work environment in general. Yes. And Here. they immediately have a stronger connection than any yes. other character in yes. the MCU. Here, I'm sending this to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'd love to read it. I think you will get a kick out of it. Because they, that goes into, yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like the work I mean, we're doing. Like the, yes. In our industry, we are asked to sexualize ourselves mm -hmm. in ways that would be completely inappropriate in any other workplace setting. Yep. 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 And it's something we accept and we do because we want to tell art and Good art sometimes involves sex because sex is what humans think about. Uh, but we have to be careful putting actors in these positions where we push them to be as sexy as they can. And now they literally can't talk on screen to another person. They're too tired. Well, here, let me read this to you. Actors are more physically perfect than ever, impossibly lean, shockingly muscular with magnificently coiffed hair, high cheekbones, impeccable surgical enhancements, and flawless skin, all displayed in form-fitting superhero costumes with the obligatory shirtless scene thrown in to show off shredded abs and rippling pecs. And this isn't just the lead and the love interest. Supporting characters look this way too, and even villains, frequently clad in monstrous makeup, are still played by conventionally attractive performers. Even background extras are good-looking, or at least inoffensively bland no one is ugly no one is fat everyone is beautiful and yet no one is horny even when they have sex no one is horny no one is attracted Sexless. yep no one is attracted Perfect to anyone sexless. else no one is hungry for anyone else it's so interesting and i think of how stupid that is because <laughs> i mean every four years every two years at the olympics all of the news stories we hear about of in, the olympic, fucking village, in the olympic village everyone is fucking how many condoms do they order blah 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 yeah. like when people are in peak physical performance 
they feel pretty hot and they want to fuck. Well, especially well, athletes so have to hydrate. So fucking? The athletes have yeah. to hydrate. Athletes have to feed their body. Like, because you can't Because it's in- not about how they look. It's, it's not about aesthetic. It's about how you perform. Exactly. Wait, hold on. There was one more quote about this in this article that I wanted to share because it talked about, it talked about, um, blah, 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 blah. I found it. Okay. So the important part of this article, the most kind of like crux of this article is that it explains like through different eras of American history, like the expectations of the body and how we saw that reflected in our media. Super interesting article. I highly recommend everyone What's read it. most desirable through the decades yeah. according to media? Yeah, kind of. And they hmm. talk about like the Cold War and like how like when in times of war, the body is a weapon. It's and, a tool, a weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then this is where this... This paragraph comes in. For the most part, though, today's cinema hunks are never nudes. The Marvel Cinematic (laughs) Universe is strictly PG-13, as one expects from a Disney product. And even in the DC universe, there's very little of human sexuality. Cape fans' demands for more mature superhero movies always means more graphic violence, not more sex. They panicked over Dr. Manhattan's glowing blue penis in Watchmen, and they still haven't forgiven Joel Schumacher? Schumacher? Schumacher. Sure. For putting nipples on the bat suit. Today's stars are action figures, not action heroes. Those perfect bodies exist only for the purpose of inflicting violence upon others. To have fun is to become weak, to let your team down, and to give the enemy a chance to win, like Thor did when he got fat in Endgame. Mm -hmm. Ah, this article fucking like made my brain explode. I was like, this is so it. And And the point of through the decades is so interesting because I think, and not to get too political, uh, Biden just announced we're pulling out of Afghanistan on September 11th, uh, (laughs) which marks 20 plus years. This entire length of my life, we've been at war, at war, not to get too political. We can get political on this podcast, yes. Cool, cool, cool. And... We've also had the birth of the Marvel Cinematic Universe yes, at the same time. And it's yes, grown just the same and aged just the same. Yep. And it feels like both of both of these things, this war and this cinema universe, are tied together and yep. they're both kind of like old and decrepit now, kind of falling apart at the seams. Like everybody's like, We see all your gimmicks, <laughs> we know what the fuck is up. Like it doesn't work as well anymore, except for when you're really throw a punch in there like we're gonna make thor fat i had such such issues with how they handled thor's weight gain yeah (laughs) i mean i have i have a i i i will say and like this is just my own thing this is not knocking this is not to yuck anyone's yum i'm just i'm not a huge fan of superhero stuff in general um it's it's just not my it's not my medium and that's okay but like i did find that article super enlightening as to maybe why i feel that way um, mm. And I do think that Disney has a problem. <laughs> and, and I think company... that problem only got worse. <laughs> when a company has the influence like Disney has over specifically generations of children, um, because, I mean, thinking now of the monopoly that Disney is, every franchise that I find myself talking about on my podcast or... <laughs> Right now, we're talking about part of Disney. It's unavoidable. It's unavoidable for our children. It's influencing the culture of our children. And we need to talk about the implications. Yeah. Uh, and we need to push 
the producers of this content to be more careful with what they put on screen. Yes, but not in the way that they think. (laughs) No, show more sex. Show more more sex, damn it. But even just like with Lizzie McGuire, show normal sexual impulses. And particularly with with female presenting people. Yes. Why why can Gordo and Ethan be openly horny? But, but Lizzie, it's so taboo when Lizzie is. I know. But it also They have to make awesome. Lizzie's cartoon character be horny. Yeah, Lizzie. Oh my god, that's oh, that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Lizzie's Lizzie's avatar is the is like the vehicle through which she like expresses lust and horniness and her anxiety. All of all of the like human parts of Lizzie are always expressed. It's very a la Fleabag, very ahead of its time. Fucking love Lizzie McGuire and will absolutely um, be doing like a a thesis on it when I get my PhD in directing. Um, (laughs) uh, We need to start wrapping up. Um, if you could sit down with your younger self and watch the Lizzie McGuire movie, what would you say to young Samuel while watching the uh, Lizzie McGuire movie? I would say you think Gordo is so cool <laughs> and someone you want to be. And you're and right. You are, you are him. You can be him. Uh, and I, I want to say to my younger self, not to freak out about, about, expectations in life or sexuality or relationships. I feel like a lot of the times I've been let down by sex are times that I had expectations of sex that were uh, grossly uh, not met. And I think if I could tell myself to calm down and enjoy the journey, like the lovely 14 year olds do when they go to Rome in this movie I think I would have had some more fun in my uh, my adolescence. That's great. That's great yeah. advice. Did you ever have the talk and or what was your sexual education like? <laughs> my parents never gave me the talk. <laughs> my mom thought, still thinks I'm a homosexual. And that's fine. Um, I don't know that I'll ever convince her otherwise. And so I think for that reason... She never sat me down and was like, when you interact with a a female person. (laughs) So no, there was never any, any talk like that. I always had like girlfriends over. I, I, she was like, I'm of the more effeminate persuasion. (laughs) If you can't tell, if you don't know me, I'm not the most masculine man. Uh, I love, I love, feminine uh auras i'm more comfortable around them uh and so for that reason i think i had uh not an easy time but a comfortable time getting into relationships and sex but at the same time that meant my mother had no idea how the fuck to talk to me about it that's fascinating yeah that's fascinating so i feel like yes media the shows I watched, uh, the celebrities I paid attention to, what little sex education I got from school. Mm. But did um, you have an abstinence only? No, I was lucky. I grew up in a suburb of Portland Mm. uh, that didn't teach go out and fuck. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Taught definitely that sex is dangerous. uh, Sex is scary. But taught us how sex worked. Um... So for that, I'm 
I have problems, but I'm thankful that I <laughs> I got the basics. I I knew I knew how things functioned. Good. I, I, I knew how to make the fun happen when it came time to have fun. Did it uh, talk about sides. did it talk about like sex as fun or did it talk strictly about sex as reproduction? Um, sex is reproduction. Yeah. Maybe my health teacher going, I had sex one time, and all the class going, <laughs> oh my god. Sex one time? Our teacher has sex. What? What the <laughs> fuck? Oh she my god, my, have a vagina. my middle school health teacher was hot. Mm, that mine was a was problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was a problem. Did that uh influence some fantasies for you? Did that no. give you any uh I mean, uh, relationship dynamic or power dynamic kinks, do you think? Not me personally. Um, yeah. I just really admired her more than anything else. Mm. My parents were never uh, the type to shy away from my questions. And I always felt like I could ask questions. Um, but, and so health class was never, there was nothing surprising in health class for me because yeah. I had already asked. Um, but I, I think it was pretty wild especially for many of the straight cis men in, well, they were boys, St. Children, in our (laughs) class um, to have this really gorgeous woman who was also just like incredibly sex positive. She very much talked about like sex is fun and, you know, you have to be safe and you have to be like emotionally ready and you have to be able to communicate with the person that you like want to do it with. And she was like pretty and she like talked a lot about how she had chlamydia. Um, Fuck. Not yeah. at the time, but she was like, she would it's talk a about. It's We should <laughs> no. be able to talk about these. She things. like talked about her experience, like getting it and treating it, and we were all like, eh? <laughs> but she, she got was STD. But I know she was like, if I were to bring on some of the boys from my middle school, they would probably talk about. Oh, oh she yeah. should probably bleep that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah here's the full name of this, this woman. i hope she's still teaching she was awesome i liked her so much and you know i don't know while it may have created fantasies in a lot of these boys heads they probably listened to her more than maybe some other teachers at the school i hope they listened to her and also it probably i hope they respected her i think they did i i people were pretty attentive in her class um <laughs> but she i think what was great about having a hot middle school health teacher is that I think it maybe possibly allowed the boys to put into con because I grew up I'm older than you um by some years and there's a a couple years and there's like I have dated people who grew up pre internet like internet porn like readily available in their youth yeah. and people who like had that very readily available in their youth there's a marked Sex difference is different. Yep. there's a marked difference mm-hmm. between that's it's pretty mm-hmm. wild it's pretty wild it's bizarre and it can be kind of terrifying it's real scary especially I... if you come to things with a more gentle perspective uh which i'd like to think i do i have so uh, i mean we love aggression say, in the bedroom, but when it's when asked, it's asked for, for, when exactly. it's mutually agreed yes. upon that this is what's going to go down. I think the best way to approach sex is like an open book. Uh, mm. And I think the term vanilla has gotten a little misused. I don't like that. Like, I, I want someone who can come with an open book, an open toolbox, and we can pick and choose communicatively 
blah, 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 we can communicate which tools we want to use, what kind of fun we want to have, mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. be open and honest yes. about it. Yes. My favorite metaphor I've heard is the pizza metaphor. Pizza. You're ordering a pizza with someone. You don't want to get anything that they're allergic to. Yep. Um, you got to talk it out. You want to talk it out. Make sure that you're both getting things that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to love this pizza as much as yeah, I love this pizza? Yeah, you have to make sure that both of you are going to enjoy this yes. pizza. It has it's to be a good important. pizza experience for all. And but, why would you yeah. want to order pizza if your not friend gonna, is going to hate the fucking pizza? That's going to be a terrible time if your friend is there not having a good order time something eating else. pizza. Yeah. Anyway, the pizza metaphor. I like your open book, your toolbox metaphor. All good. All good. Um, I think that my hot health teacher, I think, allowed the boys to kind of pay attention and hear what she was saying more and perhaps put the porn that they were inevitably watching into context a little bit. Um, Yeah. And to see a woman open and honestly talk about how she felt about the subject, I'm sure was very informative for them. Yeah. Because you don't get a lot of that uh, no. from the porn I'm sure they were watching. No, 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 no. Uh, well, Sam, come to the end. Aurelia, Do you have anything? Wow. I have no more questions for you. Don't you wait. Do you, you, okay, okay. you don't get too excited. Um, do I'm you not excited. Ha- I'm sad. This has been so fun. Well, we're going to hang out again. You're and so also easy to once- talk to. Oh, my God. Thank you. So do you. Um, when we stop recording, we're going to uh, talk some yeah. little bit of shit. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, don't worry. Yeah. Don't, don't go anywhere when we're done. Of course. Um, do you have anything you would like to promote? <laughs> uh, sure. Sure. I got a little, little thing. Uh, like you said, you just had a show with our lovely friend Rollins Echeverria. Yeah. Uh, Rollins is one of my best friends in the whole wide world, the funniest person I know. And Rollins and I, uh, like you, Thank you. watch a lot of media. Oh, and I television. misunderstood what you were saying. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I thought you were saying that you like me, and I was like, oh, that's so nice. Oh, Thank you. I like we you. We do like you. <laughs> We do like you. That's that's why we're doing yeah. this. We want to talk to you. And eventually we want to have you on our podcast. I have some. This is all going to say us. that, yes, I have a podcast called Too Much TV. Yes. Go on Instagram at Too Much TV Pod. Yeah. Uh, listen to it wherever wherever podcasts are listened to. Yes. Thanks so for, for letting me plug, 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 plug. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, Sam is also a very cherished and beloved member of the Juvenalia Collective. Of which, Ugh, uh, I'm so thankful to be a part of that group. Yes! It brings me such joy just to be included yeah. and to work with this group of people. You've put together such an amazing community of such kind and funny, funny, funny people. Thanks. And, uh... It's so nice to be able to come and have fun yeah. and get a little litty with, with some buds. A little litty some acting. friends. Um, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Should they? Should you want to be found? Uh, should I want to be found, you could find me on Twitter at SamuelCamel69. I keep it very profesh. <laughs> um, or on Instagram at Samuel underscore soup brand. There it is. Yeah. Amazing. My last and final question before we collectively uh, stop recording on our (laughs) garage bands. Um, Garage bands. Did that do it for you? Ugh. It did it for me. Lovely conversation does it for me more than almost anything in the world. And we're in a time when I long for long for conversation. Long for intimacy, like we saw with Lizzie and Gordo. Yes. 
So, yes, coming together to talk about this today certainly did it for me. You run a tight ship here. You got some cool productions going on. I'm so happy to join in and appreciate you letting me on. Thanks for thanks for having me on to chat. So nice. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, okay, I'm done. Well, that did it for me. Hope that did it for you. Thank you so much for listening. That Do It For Ya is hosted and created by Leo Grierson, edited and produced by Leo Grierson and Eric Solis, theme songed by Eric Solis, and visual design is by Benny Kessler. Follow us on social media at That Do It For Ya, wherever you social your media. That Do It For Ya is a proud arm of the Juvenalia Collective. To find out more about the collective and what we do, you can head over to thejuveniliacollective.com. And if you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash thatdoitforyapod to join our horny little community.